Time we'll try it. Tim! There it is. There are some who call me Tim here on mutinyradio.fm, the show where uh, we talk about belief and religion and God and aliens and whatever the special guest believes in. This week, special guest comedian Amy Bebo. Yay, thanks for having me. She believes in all kinds of things like so yoga and going to India and doing yoga on the beach in front of old cool statues and weird stuff. Uh, but the first thing I usually ask here on Some Call Me Tim is, do you believe in Jesus? Um, Jesus as a concept or as a historical figure or as my Lord and Savior? You know, really you get to interpret it the way that you, that you see fit. I'm guessing not your Lord and Savior. Well, I mean, I'm totally open to Jesus being my Lord and Savior if he wants to take that on. Right. If he does indeed exist. Sure. Um, you know, I think the concept of forgiveness is a really important one in terms of like how we live our lives because I've been thinking about it lately and... I'm not into the whole original sin concept. Oh, you, know? you aren't? You really? The women are the source that of all just evil? The source of evil. Yeah, and you don't believe in that. That we did is bad. I'm surprised. But when I look at humanity, I do think we're kind of a bunch of assholes. We really are. It's true. You know, and so I'm like, well, if that forgiveness concept, if that was real, you know, like, or if there was like a being who was going to magically save us from our, our karma, mm. you know, and that existed, I would be down. Like sure. if, if I get to the point where I have left the mortal coil mm. and I'm floating in the ethers and the Lord of karma, the Lords of karma are upon me. Cause I've, sure. I've done all this research about like, well, what happens when you die? Ah. Some people believe in the Lords of Karma and that they come and that they try to trick the people into believing that they were bad enough that they have to come back because of their karma to like redo things. And then there's right. people who believe that the Lords of Karma want you to come back. Right. Because the, they don't want you to reach enlightenment. No, because they like that all these souls are here on the planet kind of trapped and struggling hmm. because according to some people there's other en entities that are feeding off of people's angst and emotions ooh like energy vampires exactly but actually wow. existing on multiple dimensions so if that part's true and if Jesus was real then the lords of karma wouldn't be able to trick you because they'd be like Amy remember when you did all these things and you know you were a terrible person you know I could be like Jesus is gonna forgive me so I don't have to be trapped in this loop so if that sure. was true I think it would be sweet so the thing is that forgiveness is an interesting concept because in Catholicism, you don't pray directly to Jesus. You confess your sins to the priest, who then is the interim to help you on the road to forgiveness through Jesus. So it's like you have to admit what you've done to another person, whereas personal relationship with Jesus says that just wipes, wipes all that away. But I think 
that it doesn't have to do with Jesus, that it's we should have personal responsibility to the people around us. And that's honesty. So forgiveness is really about honesty and being honest with yourself about what you've done. And I think a lot of people are just, I think the concept of forgiveness is looking at your actions and realizing that sometimes you fuck up. But the problem now is that we all believe, I'm just going to say San Francisco because I do live here, that we're special snowflakes and we're all perfect and we wouldn't actually need forgiveness because... It, well, it's we're snowing ourselves, basically. When you lie to yourself enough, yeah, then it's like you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, well, there's a lot of belief that, like, we're all good people and we're trying to be good people and do good things. And I think we are trying to be good people. Um, but the system is set up on this planet for failure. Right. Like, no matter what kind of choices we make, it's like, well, the oil that I drove... You know, in my car today, pretty much all the oil that we get in California comes from the Amazon. Oh. So just by virtue of the fact that I love my golden chariot, which is a 93 Volvo, and I love it, you know, and I drive around, it's like just that gas is coming from someplace that I don't believe in like what they're doing there. You're already asking forgiveness because you're being aware of the thing that you need to be asked forgiveness for. You're saying that my carbon footprint is a problem because I am affecting the world in this greater way and I understand that. Right. And that understanding is the first step to change because most people just go, I drive because it's my entitled right as a Californian or as an American or as a whatever. I get to drive because I, when I turned 16, that's the thing we do in the United States. Right. I mean, for me, I've always had that sense of um, understand. Not always, but I mean, I started taking psychedelics back when I was 15. So when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I was taking a non-zero amount of LSD oh, and right. mushrooms. Isn't that funny? You started with the hard stuff, and now you just do like ayahuasca, which isn't as insane isn't i would say acid is a lot more hardcore would you not no i would definitely say that that ayahuasca is more hardcore than acid for sure really oh my god because it's a spiritual level because it's a body situation Mm. and a mind situation Mm. the thing about um and so so the reason i I mentioned acid when i when i and i'll get back to ayahuasca because i love i love it and i like to talk about it um when i did a hit of acid when i was 19 i could suddenly see where all my stuff was coming from and where it was all going. This was in 93. I saw rivers running with plastic. I saw the oceans filled with plastic. Wow. I saw chemical pollution everywhere. And I remember going like, oh, fuck, this is all my fault. Oh. And I really felt like, oh, my God, this is all my fault. This is because of me, you know. Um, And so it was like this understanding not only of like this oneness with everyone and everything, but also of my like imprint. So I've never been able to do anything without kind of feeling like, oh, like what's going on with that? But that doesn't stop me from still doing things that I think are, like I'll still eat meat even though I know that the animal friends are sad about that. Sure. You know, I am currently eating fish and chips just so that you know, so I believe that American hypocrisy is alive and well within Amy Sure, Diego. but the thing is that you acknowledging that is the concept of forgiveness because you can't ask for forgiveness unless you already know there's a problem. So you have to forgive yourself, but you're at least aware of the problem. 
Right, and I think that's one of the main things I wish the humans, if we could just admit we have a problem. I think we all need one giant 12-step meeting where we can just all go, we admit that our lives have spiraled out of control. Right, exactly. And, and, and you know, if there was a higher power, could it help us? And, and coming back to God and stuff, I think we should look at it like a mystery. It is a mystery. Yeah, we really and, don't and know. And we can stop fighting about mystery because it's a mystery. Right. You know, so why should we argue? To me, the the people fighting about whose God is right is like is like five-year-old children fighting about whose dad is stronger. Sure, absolutely. Or it's like, it's taking a good thing and it's, it's, it's killing it. It's like, you know what? I really love fudge. But it would be like someone saying, my chocolate walnut fudge is better than peanut butter fudge and white chocolate fudge. Let's not even get started on that. And you're all going to die. And we're all going to, yeah. But it's <laughs> and burn like, in hell. fudge is delicious. We, there are many different flavors. You can put cherries in it. You can make it white or dark. It's all fudge. Why we got to bitch about the fudge? The fudge is great. You can eat whatever flavor fudge you want. I'm not going it, to, it's all fudge, right? But they, I know it's a weird, it's a weird example. But the, the thing is that, if you're choosing to have this extra religious thing to make you feel better or whatever, because it, it is it is a mystery. And as humans, we're like, oh, explain the mystery, explain the mystery. And like my explanation of the mystery is better than your explanation of the mystery. In fact, I'm going to kill you over your explanation of the mystery because my explanation of the mystery doesn't eat pig and yours does. Or you eat goat and we vilify that. Or you're brown or yeah, whatever. the like, whole like melanated people being treated as if they don't deserve like equal amounts of respect as all the people is very upsetting and disturbing and um is a sickness and that again we need to be like this is wrong we're you know like we cannot solve the problems that we have on the earth without people just being like hey wait a minute maybe it is fucked up how much of our land we use to grow corn and soy for cattle. Right. You know, maybe, maybe we could, you know, do something different, but it would, but it'd be about changing. So it's this thing you're saying you, now you don't eat beef like every day. No, God. No, but when you do eat it, you go, Oh, I'm sorry, animal friend. But it's because if we just ate less meat, way less, it would be better because so we're cutting better. it. Now I'm not saying don't eat meat, but I'm saying, do we got to deforest? Like how much land, how much meat, but then we've got the, corporate side saying eat more meat eat more meat more meat is money meat is money and it's like we have to weigh the pros and cons of i don't know our world falling apart versus how much meat but when we are americans if we don't acknowledge that eating meat twice a day seven days a week is a problem not only for our own bodies but for the, the world's the body world. for the world but we're like, if we don't recognize that problem, we can't ask forgiveness. It would be great if Americans would be like, I only eat meat once a week. It would change everything. I know that whole meatless Monday when it came out, I was kind of wishing they would just call it meat Monday. Like instead of teaching right. the people to give up meat one day a week, why not teach them to give it up? Because again, profits. And it's like right. you can grow these little animal slaves, right? you know what I mean? And then murder them and then feed them to the people. My mom was telling me she was at the state fair. She was like, oh, it was so hot and we couldn't move. I'm like, oh, it was like what you were like in one of those chicken barns yeah you know and it's poor chickens i know little chicken friends i mean and when they get so genetically modified that they have big boobs and they can't can't fall over they can't stand they don't have they don't have feathers they don't have beaks there are too many of them in there they're just shitting on themselves and their neighbor friends they get sick and we go i sure love that right i sure love popeyes or but you're right if we could make people think i'll eat meat once a week 
It would change everything. We could change so many things with so many simple things if the people could get a little bit beyond their cognitive dissonance. It's the corporations that want the money. Are you kidding me? They don't want to go to meet one day a week because KFC and McDonald's and Burger King and everybody. Wouldn't it be amazing if they could actually, I don't know, change menus to include vegetables? Yeah, like actual vegetables. Well, vegetables take more care to grow. You know, like a crop of vegetables isn't ready as fast as a crop of... Of little animals. uh, Yeah, so so those guys, I mean, and bringing it back to what you were talking about, you know, ayahuasca. Yeah. um, Put the world together, baby. Well, gosh. See your place in it. That stuff has really changed... My life, and, and I really look at it as a sacrament and like as a thing that I do prayerfully, you know, and in ceremony. You don't just want to get high, Bebo. No, it's, you know, <laughs> it's more about my relationship with my bucket, you know, right, <laughs> where right. I'm like, I'm sorry, animal friends. This is where I really discovered the, um, like how deep that connection of the animals that we eat is, is because I've been in ceremonies where I've literally been vomiting out the angst and sadness and pain and fear of animals that I've eaten. And I'll be sitting there with my bucket and I'll be like, I'm sorry guys. And then they look at me and they're like, you are so not sorry because we know you that you're going to eat it again. And I'm like, you dudes got me, you know? And so this is, I have my own like internal struggles that I try to just be aware of and always trying to get better. Um, when, when we've done ceremony, um, I've been in Peru working with the indigenous Shipibo people. I've been in Brazil working, um, you know, in a more Brazilian, like with the lights and singing way. And I've just found it to be a really blessed experience. Like I get to spend time with a musical genius and sing songs and have everybody in unity. And what I find in the ceremonies is you have everybody focus in the same direction. Like all the energy is focused. So you have like unity and harmony. Everybody's on the same medicine and we're, we're so this is a harmonious frequency. And it's the only time I've ever felt really the oneness of everything, of everybody being connected, like huh. in the silence and, and been like, oh wow, we really are all like one giant being. And again, that's just my belief, or that's my personal experience. I, I think a lot of my beliefs come out of actual personal experience and not just like, well, my preacher told me that the Bible's sure. the, the truth and that the earth is 5,000 years old and that dinosaurs aren't real. Right, And right. I believe that now because someone told it to me. It's like, well, I just kind of go through my life. like, And if any of my personal experiences can bring wisdom to any of the other humans, then that's great. You yeah, know? and at other times, I might get in a fight with a trucker at a bar and threaten to break his eye, you know, like a glass and pull his eye out and choke him with it. Sure, because I get angry. You you have anger issues? I do. You ever worked that out in the ayahuasca ceremonies? I have. I've been really angry in the ceremonies. I've been I've been angry. I've been hopeless. I've, what are you angry at? I'm angry at, um, you know, giant corporations taking over the planet. You know, that 1% yeah. of the population is is controlling the earth and controlling people's minds through their giant STD screen time device televisions. That's good screen time device. Screen time device, the STD. STD. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a firm believer that a lot of us have STD screen time dysfunction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a really funny joke. Yeah, STD, screen time device, screen time disease, screen time time devotion, screen time devotion. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Screen time. Wow, I know, and and it makes 
And the thing is that once people moved away from TVs, they were like, uh-oh, they don't want TVs anymore. Let's give it to them in their hands. Let's give them phones right? and, and pads. computers and, net- and Netflix. And I find... Um, shaping our lives. I wish Netflix would come up with a new slogan like, shaping lives one day, one film at a time. Netflix. Netflix totally shapes our cultural phenomenon like right now. I think it would be more like wasting time, you know, three binge episodes in a row. Sure, sure. I mean, three. Do the whole day, baby. I no. I mean, yeah. I have wasted some time. I, I, I have too. another idea. Um, I, I've been trying to put this together for a while. I want to make a site called Time Wasters Anonymous. You know, because I think time wasting. T A A. Yeah, exactly. Or T W A. T W A. Time Wasters Anonymous. Because I think time wasting. Like I am my own. It was like my name's Amy Bebo, and I am my own worst time waster. Yeah, but we are. That's all we are as humans. We're put on the earth. And what, what are we doing? We're wasting time. Honestly, we waste time in a lot of fun ways. We make people go to school. We make them get jobs. But really, you're born on the earth and you waste time until you die. Now, some people waste time and they have experiences that they stack up to each other and they say, look, I have a career. or This is how I'm accomplished because I've wasted time in this particular way. But if you really come down to it, all we're doing is wasting time. Unless you're really devoted to service to other people. Yeah, but we're still wasting. You're wasting time by having service to other people. By helping it's, people. I don't, it's a great I've way to, to heard, burn time. We're All we're doing is burning time until we die. Until we die. I don't know. I feel like it's more of like a soul expansion project, you know? Like, um, I do believe in God, actually. I do believe in angels. You know, I don't think I would be alive if there wasn't angels. Like, I would be already dead. Like, sure. I, 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 I really feel like I wouldn't have come to this planet without a cadre of angels being like, Amy, we got your back. And I'm like, no, this is going to be a shit show. And they're like, right. no, no, go and do all this crazy stuff that you said you were going to do. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to make sure that, you, you know, you stay mostly safe because I've had a lot of privilege. Yeah, me too. Number one, to be able to, um, you know, like have all my basic needs met, but I also came from a family where my people taught me how to think for myself. Right, right. And, um... Well, we went to school, in public school, in a time where critical thought was still used and and appreciated and taught. That doesn't exist anymore. There's no more critical thought in in our public education system. Yeah. And and then when you have kids that come home and then they watch so much TV, there's no critical thought in TV. No one's. I mean, I try to watch TV critically with small children if we're doing that together, and I try to help them not just passively imbibe these images, have a conversation about what's happening, so that it's not just like completely wasted time. Right. Like just but mind pollution. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mind numbing just pollution that that creates really good little consumers and it's terrible that's all tv does is create good little consumers who need more they need i need that i need no you want that you don't need that you want that and i don't think that children now understand the difference between what i don't i don't even want to say just children adults i'm gonna say american and i don't want to even say americans because that would be the entire of the americas in the united states we have no idea the choices that we make or how they affect other people with our purchasing problems and our over-consuming. No, it's ridiculous. And I try to tell people when they talk to me about voting, it's like, you, we have to vote with our dollar. That's very basic. It's like yeah. what we spend our money on is what we support. I, tr- I don't buy stuff from Nestle. I try not, I don't buy stuff that has palm oil in it. Cause Good, I, yeah. I'm not trying to have a sad dead orangutan baby. 
you know, like karmically attached to me. You know what I mean? For my right. next, I've already got a bunch of pigs and chickens and cows that are mad at me. Sure, sure. You know, so I'm trying to lay off the palm oil. You know, I wouldn't give my money to Nestle willingly. I have a huge beef with the beverage industry in general. Absolutely. And I know you like your alcohol, but I do like alcohol. You know, I have a huge issue with the, with the whole beverage industry. I'm like, why are we making Diet Coke? I know. Diet Coke it's, should not exist. It's literally just poison. A chemical it's poison. in a in a garbage container. Yeah. It's that, it's the reason why I have kidney issues. The reason I have kidney issues is that I drank Diet Coke instead of water in my 20s. My ex-husband and I used to go to Costco and we would each buy a flat a week. So we would buy 24 Cokes regulars and I would buy 24 Diet Cokes a week. And I would go through them and sometimes I went through them before. I was drinking six Diet Cokes a day. I was waking up, being thirsty, going into the kitchen and pounding a cold Diet Coke. And then I would get to work and I would drink Diet Coke throughout the day. This is my entire 20s. And then I just, I haven't, I don't drink, I don't spend money on beverages that don't contain alcohol anymore, pretty much. I mean, I'll, I'll make coffee at home. It's, right. I'm hard. I don't usually buy coffee out unless someone gave me a gift card because I'm like, I make my own coffee. I'm not going to spend four bucks on a coffee, right? I'm going to spend four bucks on a beer. But the problem I have with the beer industry is when they're not in kegs. Cans are the devil. Who do we think we are that we want these little individual plastic beverages? Bottles. Plastic cans. It's the entire industry and all of that creation and recreation of stuff that we need it in a little individualized can. Right, what and, is and wrong there's with people. Us? There's a billion people that don't have any water at right. all. Yeah, and so it's like here we are, like taking canning our poison to sell poison to the people. I mean, I've been saying for years, like the TV is a screen time device that exists to sell people poison food and poison drink, yeah, sugar and poison. then chemical pills yeah, to to, fix it, to, yeah. to help mitigate the symptoms. Well, it's consumerism, and then and then distractive technologies. First, consume a lot of alternate beverages second consume a lot of alternate drugs to combat the alternate beverages when you see a three-year-old drinking a two-liter bottle of fanta you have to scream at the mom it's not orange juice people just sugar 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 why would you feed children ubiquitous sugar no leave it as a treat once a month give a kid a real you know mexican coke you know with the real sugar in it once a month Fruit juice is sweet enough. Eat a, you know what? Don't even drink fruit juice. Eat a piece of fruit. Whatever happened to eating a drink fucking some fucking water? Drink water. And shut the fuck up. Right. Drink some water and have a piece of watermelon. Or if you really want flavored fruit, put an orange in there. Squeeze some orange. I mean, come on. No, we have literally trained people. The whole bottled water thing. It was like first the companies poisoned the water supply, and then they were like, well, we'll just sell you the water now. You know, and and. And yeah, the humans don't quite get it that that this is all happening. Do you do you believe so in the Great Pacific Patch? The garbage? Yeah, the Great of Pacific course. Patch, yeah. Some people don't there's believe five in it. Of, there's five or seven of them. It's a gyre. So it's yeah. it's 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 the Pacific gyre where all the currents come together. There's several other gyres all over, you know, the ocean where the currents come together and they are all teeming with microplastic. Mm. Um it's like one, it's the, the ocean is supposed to be one inorganic particle to every like 4,000 organic particles. Like that's what the ocean's supposed to be. And in these islands, which you can't stand on because it's still liquid, but it's like one to eight. It's like one inorganic to eight organic. 
it's like supposed to be one to four thousand and it's one to eight so it's not like an island that you can stand on or create like a home a seasteading anything out of it's just like a fish poison killer plastic goopy and, mess. and the animals have been trained by biology to feed at these gyres because that's where the currents bring together fish and so when there's like hatches and and different things that happen like you know in the ocean environment like they would all be kind of channeled and funneled into these areas and so like the gyres you know there's albatross that live in the midway islands that go to the gyres to feed because they've been historically going there to feed and then they just come and they're just completely filled with plastic right and I mean, I have a friend who made a film about that. Like oh he was God. literally on, it's called Journey to Midway. And he, he went there to film and, and they would find all these dead birds and then cut them open. And um, when, and one of the things he showed me was this dead bird with this plastic Buddha head in it. Oh my God, that is you know? and I was so like, sad. Wow. And, and so here we all oh. are. Um, but it's like, that's we're not eating happening. those birds, but the fish are eating... The, that was plastics and then if we're fishing those fish and eating those fish that means we're eating plastic well yeah because it's very the, the plastic particles are getting real microscopic and so they're just these like little inorganic you know toxins that are then in the animals you know and again you know we're sending giant you know fishing fleets that are satellite tracking the the schools of fish sure. and then they're going and like swooping them all up so i mean there's no fairness left for the animals like i would, i always wish like you know that bears would attack more people sure you sure know? but Absolutely. then it would be so much backlash against the bears that i don't really want that to happen but there's we've lost our fear of nature yeah absolutely and we've just been channeled into like a fear of like a fear of each other but we don't have that healthy respect and you know we don't really know where our place is in nature anymore yeah. um, we've turned into kind of a giant garbage making parasite we're awful we need to ask I mean, forgiveness, I love but we can't. Humans. You can't ask forgiveness until we you recognize there's a, there's a problem. And how many deniers are there of the gyre? How many deniers are there of global warming? How many deniers, you know, out there saying th- there's? I mean, even that the the. Gl- the global warming thing makes but it's all the Christians that say that the Bible's only 4,000 years old and that dinosaurs didn't exist but that's the thing is we take the oil out of the ground and then we turn it into plastic and then it breaks down and then the fish eat it and then we eat it so we're basically eating oil we're eating dinosaurs yeah we are um, I don't know I and then we wonder why we get cancer. Well, that's the thing, too. I was in an airplane once, and there was a magazine, and it said, you know, you know, the top things that cause cancer. And, and it was, like, like genetics. And, and none of it was the food you eat. None of it Isn't was environmental toxins. It was all right. just, like, old age and genetics cause cancer. I was, like, actually chemical pollution, you know, and, like, meat rotting in your colon forever. Why do you... It's like, here's the thing. I take the 27 bus every day, and when I go by Powell... There's a Carl's Jr. there, and it smells metallic to me. The smell of whatever fake food they're trying to put out at a cheap price, I can never eat there. When I go buy it, I have to hold my breath because the smell from it is so rank to me. It smells like metals, and that's the food smell. And I live it's across like, the street ugh, from a Carl's Jr. Ugh. Do you know which smell I'm talking about? It's like a yeah. metallic smell it's like it's supposed to smell good like burning flesh but it smells metallic to me and I just 
It's so gross. I wish I didn't think that the smell of burning flesh was appetizing, but like I still do, you know? Sure. So it's like, I feel like I've been like socialized. Um, like I look at these some of these little kids that are born and they're like two and their parents try to feed them meat and the children are like, fuck you. Right, yeah. You know, cause they, they're, and, and my my theory is that these are children that in their past, cause I believe in past lives. All right. That in, in their past life, they were probably like Hindus you know, or Buddhists are coming from a vegetarian diet, you know, because some Buddhists are vegetarian and sure. many Hindus are. They're coming from a vegetarian diet and then they get, and it's when the children are between like two and four and five that they start to kind of have those like past life memories. And so when they're little and they realize that it's like, hey, wait a minute, like I love animals, huh. but this is what you're feeding me and you're making me eat it. Right. You know, um, but it's like, of course, we're never listening to the children. Like, no, no, of course I not. I mean, if we're going to have a government that has the emotional maturity of five-year-olds, right, why don't we just get some like eight-year-olds and put them in charge? Uh, you know, I and they do, do a better job. They come up with interesting things. Uh, my 10-year-old friend the other day during the heat figured out that if you take a washcloth or a hand towel, get it wet, put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer, you can take it out and wear it like a hat. And then it's like she's like it's like air conditioning for your head. Well, and I was like, girl, you are smart. It took me until I was in my 30s to figure that out with the cold wet sarong, which I actually am a like, I like proselytize the cold wet sarong. I go out into the world with with when it's hot out, and I'll take a cold wet sarong and like like I'm hiking, dip it in the in the stream. Yeah, I look at the hot people. And I, I actually asked him, I'm like, have you heard about the good news about the cold, wet sarong? Have you heard the good news? <laughs> and I, will, I, I literally did this in Utah when I was just in Utah and Salt Lake this summer. I would go up to people and I would say, do you know about the glory of the cold, wet sarong? You know, because Utah is famous so for sending funny. like Mormons right. like to on everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so that I would be on the trail and they would be like, what? And I would envelop them in a cold, wet sarong and they were so relieved and happy. Like, that's mm. how I like to spread my joy on the planet. I've sure. decided that... No matter what, I'm going to probably be a garbage-making asshole. So at least if I can offset that by spreading some kind of joy, right. happiness, laughter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as much wisdom as I, I as I can, you know, try to pretend that I have. Let's go into this past lives thing. Nobody yet, you're the first person on Some Call Me Tim who believes in past lives. So I want to get into that uh, just because I'm super interested. Past life regression. So you go through psychic states and you peel back the layers. So what, wait, let me see if I understand it and then you tell me where I'm wrong. Past life regression is about finding the mistakes you made from your past because they're currently affecting you in ways you might not understand unless you unearth what those past situations were and what that life was like and how you're trying to either replay that life or trying to escape from the replaying of those mistakes in that life. Somewhat? Sure. I, I haven't done much in the terms of like past life regression. Like I, um, I've tried to like do like a hypnosis, but I never really believed it. I was just kind of like, I'm pretty sure I'm just making up these stories in my mind. Um, so I don't personally have like 
a ton of like knowledge of my own past lives, but I do believe in past lives. I believe in it. I feel like the Tibetan Buddhists have the most advanced like science on death and dreaming. So they train their monks to be alert and aware 24 seven. So they do a very specific like practice so that they don't lose their thread of their consciousness during the time that they're dreaming. Wow. And because the dream state, according to like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the dream state Um, Bardo state is very similar to the death Bardo state. So if you can learn to control where your consciousness goes during your dream time, you have a much better chance of not getting unconsciously reborn because you have an attachment to sense pleasures. So basically the Buddhism would tell you that because we love food and sex, we just love eating and fucking so much we don't want to stay in the astral plane where like we could just be chilling out with God where we could just, you know, whatever. Be have oneness. I'm going to put drinking in there as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we care okay, about good. pleasure and pleasure seeking <laughs> yeah. and physical pleasures we can only get through earth, you know, the earth dimension or through having a body. And so these are these like unconscious like choices that make people choose to come back to the earth. That is what like some paraphrasing of some stuff I read in, in the Book of the Dead. And so it's like, if you can control what's happening in your dream state and understand like lucid dreaming, sure. then you have, um, or you know, even do these like Buddhist practices, if, if that is your religion, then you have a better chance of like coming back on purpose and knowing that you're coming back. Like the Buddha would say, the highest rebirth is to be born into a family that meditates. Cause then they're gonna teach you how to meditate and then you're gonna have that much more of a chance to, to you know, either come back here consciously, you know, or maybe gain, you know, gain a level of enlightenment. But, um, the, the, they describe the precious human birth as a birth where we have enough free time, like, you know, our basic needs are met. And so we have that free time to try to determine, to watch TV, (laughs) but to actually use that time to to work towards enlightenment and and to, to find spiritual knowledge. So they would say the highest birth is to be born into a family that meditates. And the second highest would be to be born into a family that does practice like some kind of religion. I think the unifying force of all the beings, every being is actually the love frequency. I believe that love is real and I believe that it's the unifying force that brings the people together and that through like sound and harmony, um, you know, that we can do and silence also, we can do so many things, but we're so distracted with our STDs. Right. Absolutely. And with our pleasure seeking because it's fun. I'm a huge pleasure seeker. Yeah. I love eating and fucking. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Eating most... Uh, most definitely love eating I just, love it I love it I'm eating I'm eating like for fun in, instead of just because I need to you know right. but so I don't understand past lives exactly my dad who recently left the planet taught me about past lives because he believed in him he had a lot of reoccurring dreams he had a lot of reoccurring dreams about his life with my mom huh. before we were born and then he had reoccurring dreams about his future wife and then he met her and then they got Uh. married um and so he was a really like he was kind of on that spiritual thing and so he's the one who brought me into believing in that and then I started studying um like you mentioned India um I went to India in 2006 to spend some time at an ashram um where we just focus on like mantras and 
trying to get out of our ha- habits and patterns and pleasure seeking. It's it's not fun, but it's rewarding. <laughs> it's not fun. It was a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's a lot sitting of, quietly. It's a lot of waking up at four a.m. Oof, going down to take a bath in a beautiful river. That's nice. And then singing and chanting and singing and chanting. And then what's called so my my spiritual practice actually is called karma yoga. And karma means action. We always think it means like a lot more than that, but really the word karma means action. Yoga means union or to the old school, like Sanskrit means to yoke, to attach yourself to something. So like yoga is like the union with your higher self. So karma yoga is like the union with your higher self through the action that you do. So my teacher taught that work is your spiritual practice, that doing your work in your life, finding out what your work is, that that is a spiritual practice and that it's the only type of yoga, hand quotes, that you see, um, you know, like your result, if you, if you start your work in the morning, you can see your result that day, Sure. you know? And so it's, it's like the rewarding kind of yoga. Whereas like if you do asana, which is like the postures yoga, you might not see results right away. Or if you study the path of wisdom, which is jhana yoga, you might not see results for a long time. Cause like getting wisdom takes a long time, but karma sure. yoga. So his teaching was that because of all the bad karma slash bad actions of the humans, sure only by a bunch of good karma yoga, good actions from the people, can we remedy the situation here. So I like that spiritual practice because it's logical and pragmatic and practical. Right, and it involves you doing, which the only thing you have control over is what you personally decide to do, which is nice. Uh, So that's rewarding because it, it, it says that you doing is, yeah, I, I, I like that. I agree with that. I always say um, I don't have time to fight evil. I only have time to do good because a lot of people, when somebody will do something negative against or whatever, like for me, forgiveness isn't a hard practice because I just, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time to forgive you. <laughs> like I, I don't have time to fight your evil. I'm just going to do good and be like, Ugh, I don't have, I just don't have time for it. I just don't have, I don't have enough time to focus on bad things. But in this culture, right now what's happening socially with us, there is so much badness. How do we focus on the good? I mean, it's like you walk outside and I, I, I just, I can't even believe we're still having conversations about, you know, Nazis. It, it's, it just astounds me. Yeah. That we're getting to a place of hatred and you say, oh, love is the answer. And I'm like, I, I said, love is a unifying frequency that unites the people. Well, it seems like hate right now is a unifying factor that unifies like, the people. Well, hate is the thing that the media is using to continue to further polarize the people. Yeah. You know, so like a lot of this is media games and attention seeking. And, and people who are, you know, it's not that we shouldn't pay attention and say, hey, this is happening. But obviously, like the media wins when there's an us against them kind of mentality with right. the people, you know. And so it's like, okay, how do I understand the confusion of a white supremacist. Well, I'm probably never going to understand or, you know, have empathy for them, you know, but I, I certainly see that they must be confused and suffering if they have such low self-esteem that the only way they can feel that there's something is to tear something else down. But that's what we've been teaching. I, I think that we're actually, I had the corner of a brain epiphany for a second. I think that we're accidental Nazis in this country right now because last year, 68,000 people died of accidental opiate overdose, which is the amount of people that could be in the giant stadium. And it's, we're not calling it a national emergency because 
like Nazis, we think that those people just need to die. It's a eugenics program. It's a continuation of the eugenics program. It's saying, you know what? Opiate addicts aren't good enough. They aren't good enough people. So just let them die. We don't give a fuck. Oh, like immigrants, different kind of eugenics. You know, it's, 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 you're, you're not, you're not white enough. You're not good enough. So we're saying, I almost see it happening again where like, isn't that scary though? That like we're, we're doing it unbeknownst to ourselves by somehow stigmatizing certain groups of people and saying that they're not as good as they're not worthy of. And that's, that's scary. So, I mean, I guess I can understand how it happens again and again, but yeah, it's, and, and the fact that, you know, um, you know, Twitter has become, you know, the, the president of the United States, you know, that, that there's so much misogyny yeah, basically absolutely. that Hillary, I mean, like I wasn't a Hillary fan. I, I was a Bernie Sanders yeah, supporter. Bernie supporter. Um, how did Bernie not get the nomination? I don't understand how that happened. Um, that was because of the DNC fucking him and the media fucking him. You know, they never, even from the beginning, they it's never true. treated him like a serious contender. Yeah. And, and every so time they showed his was, supporters, they made him look like crazy people that had rainbow hair. And they were like, look at him cry. And well, they, they were just like, never took liberals. him seriously from the yeah, beginning. I they, they had They had Hillary earmarked for the person and nothing was going to get in her way. And even crowds of 30,000 people and even polls that showed him as the only one who could beat a reality TV superstar robot right. you know like he was yeah. even then they were like no it must be hillary now speaking of hillary clinton i did have a dream about her and Ooh. she was going to disclose to me that aliens were real oh great in my dream because i knew i knew you wanted to maybe talk about aliens oh absolutely. i also believe i also in. believe in aliens absolutely i for totally sure believe, believe that the humans are not any kind of a pinnacle of higher Knowledge. Yeah, we can't even get to the moon. We can't even get to the. We've never went to the moon. I'm have no idea about that. Okay. Well, I think aliens can visit us, but we don't know how to get to them. So they're obviously way better than us. (laughs) I don't know how we could get to one of them. I think we can tweet him at the real Donald Trump. Oh God, (laughs) he could be a lizard person or something like that. I mean, I'm waiting for all the newscasters to peel off their masks. Yeah. Whenever I drink medicine, like if I if I take psychedelics or drink medicine, it oftentimes comes to me that the newscasters are aliens. Now, does that make me right? No, that's a belief. That's not based on facts. But it is like a feeling and like a vision. You know that I have. I've had several dreams about aliens, spacecrafts, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. I totally believe in aliens. I totally believe in them coming to visit us. I believe in them. You know, trying to use. I believe that their interest in us is to try to sort of mix our genetics with theirs and make like sort of superhuman alien people. I I believe all that stuff. I'm hundred percent down. But we can't get to them. Only they can get to us. So it'd be nice if we could, like, I don't know, borrow some of their technology and well, I stuff. I think we've been using their technology. You know, I think a lot of the technology that we have, you know what I mean, might have come from, from higher intelligence. Um, but I, I don't know that much. I don't read a lot of science journals. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I like to explore the mystery and like let it be mysterious. Um, my family has a sickness of like needing to be right about stuff mm. um, and like arguing it and getting into it. And I, I really try to let that go because it doesn't really serve my happiness. Sure. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk that 
that the aliens have given us technology that we would not otherwise have. And I've heard a lot of stories. I think that they might have already fucked with our DNA. You know, if you ask the Pleiadians, they would say that we were supposed to have like 12 strands of DNA and that we've been completely altered so that we forget, so that we can just be used as pawns to mine minerals for, you know, these other, you know, beings. That it would are- be nice if the aliens came down and took up all the plastic from the gyres because they needed that somehow in you know that would be really in great. the alien I land wish plastic was an alien like, like they'd be moon. like oh, yeah they'd be like you guys made pl- you have extra plastic wow can we get some of that instead of like trying to take our gold right i know there's <laughs> is there gold left who knows they just always want the gold i don't know I well don't, those are leprechauns not in not fort aliens. knox not in fort knox <laughs> well, and the question is, are leprechauns aliens or are they just little people? Who knows? And what about the Sasquatch? What I know. What about Sasquatch? I met a dude on Tinder who was into Sasquatch. Hell yeah. I love Yetis. I'm more into the Yeti as opposed to Sasquatch. Like I as like, a fetish? No, I like the blonde. I like the white furred. I like, basically, I would say that, you know, the Yeti is basically your... Uh, Star Wars, snowman. Abominable Snowman, Star Wars cave creature slash... The uh, Matterhorn Mountain, Arr. uh yeah, a Yeti is is tall and white, whereas a Sasquatch is like the brown bear, so it's you're like a the grizzly bear. I am a I what am I racist against you're, Yetis. You're I like the white. You like Yeti. the white ones. I do. I like the white whereas ones. Whereas, as I mean, not necessarily talking about Sasquatch, but I do prefer the melanin. Yeah, you prefer the brown <laughs> Sasquatch more like a more like a, a brown bear, like a uh, more like a grizzly, a grizzly. Yeah, I went hiking with this dude in uh, in Alta up in Utah, and he was just like, well, this is what like the Sasquatch like to do, and this is how the Sasquatch like to do whatever. And he's like, you see that tree right there? How did that get there? That could have been a Squatch. And, I, I, you know, mm. he had a whole, like, he had a whole thing. I gave him a little acid. It was good. Yeah, obvi- yeah, you were on a Tinder date, and you were and in we a did Timber acid. Forest. I, I went on a on Tinder acid. date and did acid. It wasn't a date. It was more of like a friendship kind of thing. I, I, um... Online dating, ugh. I've never done it. Not even once. Never had a profile, never done it. Yeah, that is great. Never had to. I'm so lucky. I've also never seen the movie Titanic. That is also great. Thank you. Two of my big accomplishments in life. I feel really grateful um, that I've insulated myself a lot of the ch- against a lot of the terrible music that's out there. Oh, like I'll go to a store and sure. some so- horrible, horrible song will be on very loudly that everybody wants. You know, is like right. jamming along to, and I'm like, God, I've never heard this shit before, sure, and I'm always sure. so happy that like, and, and you know, it won't stick with me because like it's just hearing it for the first time, and then I'll get in and out. Right. But I. I don't believe, we're talking about what we believe in, I don't believe in that all the people want to hear somebody else's musical choice everywhere they go. I hate mm. going shopping and having to be like subjected to whatever like drivel and like terribly overproduced shit music is out there. And then right. I, and, and I'm and I, at like really high volumes. It's like, it feels like we're constantly being like sonically assaulted. Like my vibration, yeah. it's like an affront to my vibration that's why I like to be your music and is an aff- is an affront to my vibration exactly. you're gonna have to make a t-shirt your shitty music is an affront to my vibration yeah I can't yeah <laughs> so I was in uh, Gus's down here give them a free plug on 17th street what a great market anyways they play cool music and they were actually playing some Van Halen actually some Van Hagar so I got to be Van in a, Hagar I got to be in a conversation with a 10 year old child about the difference between first who is Van Halen Second, who is Van Hagar and what does that mean? And, you know, are the hits better on OUA12? Yes, they are. Are they musically as accomplished as the earlier Van Halen was? Not necessarily, but I got to talk to her about this. And then 
anyways, I have always loved Van Halen. So any opportunity to explain to a 10-year-old who Sammy Hagar is, I'm, I'm on board. So you're a Hagar fan? Uh, I liked Van Halen when it became Van Hagar better because it got poppier and I was in junior high. Oh, You Wait When Two is a great album. You've got incredible songs like the tampon song, uh, the one, you like it, it's about love. Um, some kind of alien comes from the opening. You simply pull the string. Love comes walking in. Remember this song? Is that the word? That is the word. Some kind. It's a good. It works perfectly in our context. Some kind of alien comes from the opening. You simply pull the string. Love comes walking in. We called it the tampon song. Of course we did. You simply pull the string. Love comes walking in. I'm gonna double check those lyrics. Um, talk about love. That's a different song. Love button to the core. That's that note. Sorry. Uh, um, I love Van music. Hagar. Is great. I think music is the thing that makes me the happiest. My oh. dad taught me to love music. He, he I, I was pretty. I was supposed to be on the show in May, and I couldn't because I was stranded in Minnesota dealing with estate stuff. Which is so. I'm sorry that that happened. That was shitty, and I was sad for a while, and I still am. But. Um, I talk. I have these psychic friends, and they were giving me the report of where my dad was wow, in the Bardo network. state. Wow, like, cool. Like my, my one friend Sharon. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Sharon! Happy birthday, Sharon! Um, she was like, "Oh, I see your dad. He's going through all these rooms. Now he's in a courtroom. Now he's here." She's like, "I think it's the life review. Like I can see where he is." And then my other friend was telling me, "She's like, okay, he just realized he's actually dead, <laughs> and um, I love your and now he's like, okay." And he's not scared. And you, re- oh, now he's realizing God is real, you know? And so, like, these are my friends. Um, That's right. One thing about my life is it's like one synchronistic moment to another. Like, I'll go someplace, I'll meet a person, they'll take me to somewhere, it'll change my life. And I've set my life up where I have flexibility to kind sure. of be in the flow and where I've been able to travel. I've been to almost 30 countries. Wow. I've been six times to India. Wow. I've been five times to Brazil. Ooh, uh, I'm I going to a... Brazil this year. Are you? Yeah. It's exciting. I know. I'm I'll excited. teach you some Portuguese. Sweet. Yeah, my, we're going with my friend Socrates. He's from Brazil and ah. we're going to go hang out with his mom and be down there. It's his birthday. We're going to be there for like three weeks. Where? Uh, it's an island off of Brazil. Okay. It's And he's shown me pictures. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Jonathan and I are going. Is it Florianopolis? No, it's oh, okay. two words. Sam something. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. That'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah Brazil. I, Brazil. I think travel is a really great thing. And I'm really grateful, again, that I had not only the privilege to be able to know that I should save my money and travel and that experiences are better than consuming objects. Sure. Um, but, but that I've had the opportunity. I, I have a flexible lifestyle. You know, mm. I have my own jewelry business. I've been making jewelry for 20 years. That was an intuition. I picked up a necklace on an intuition at a store and a voice in my head said, you should make these and sell them. Huh. And I started doing that. So I, I make intuitive choices and that's what I mean. Like, I think I have little guides and angle, angels. They like whisper in my ear. They're like, Hey, you know, go that direction or go that way. And like, and then I meet the people and I see this like incredible, like synchronistic, like web of humans that that's how I, f- and then we're all on this mission to like, try to bring like joy or a happier vibration. Or well, okay. Let's get to happiness that. Happiness to the earth. You think everyone's supposed to bring joy and wonderment? No. Cause there's, there are some, I mean, not everyone has that path. That's what my path is. But it, so the higher power in the world goes, yeah, we're going to need some evil here too. Like, wouldn't that be sad if you were born into a thing where you 
does that mean that you're like predestined to be evil because no it's probably your frequency and your karma that you've been creating in the past life so my one friend whose name is Colleen who has taught me a lot about these realms because she, she actually does meditate a shit ton and she's been able to see spirits and that kind of stuff since she was little she's been one of those you know kids who like could see things that weren't there and you know when she was young and so she she's had a different perspective so we've talked about it the way that I understand it and and again it's just a belief is that your your frequency like our everything is moving vibrations right like they've kind of figured that out like all the molecules everything it looks solid it's actually moving frequency vibration right. so we we all have our own frequency that we're vibrating neutrons at. electrons and nucleuses whatever shit. yeah and there's a lot of space between there but everything's moving around and there's a lot of movement in our vibrations and so when we actually do leave our body, our vibration of our soul stays where it stays the same and, and it's going to gravitate towards other souls and other beings and other realms that are harmonious with that vibration. Mm. And if you have like a pretty low vibration, you might be in a different space than somebody that has a different vibration. And again, that's not about judgment. It, it might just be about like quantum physics and you know metaphysics and stuff that I don't all understand but I think we're going to learn how to understand it if we can continue to fund science sure if we don't just stop funding science because we don't believe science is real you know because it's all fake news or whatever but so I think that like because of people's actions and karma and whatnot they they might get born into a situation where you know, it's maybe not that pleasant. and But that doesn't mean it's not still our job to try to help them. And if they are evil fuckers, personally, I think Dick Cheney's next lifetime and all of his cronies is as a cockroach in Borneo. There's one cave, there's like a cave in Borneo where there's all these cockroaches and they never see the light and they just eat bat shit because huh. the bats live above them. And so, you know, they shit their nutritious poo down yeah, and then the cockroaches sure eat do. it. And one thing that I guess um, in Buddhism, they say that if you have great power and you abuse it, that your consciousness gets destroyed. Oh. And so I feel like I'm hoping, oh what my I'm hoping God. for is Everyone just, abuses power though. I, what person so, in power besides right, Barack Obama so didn't abuse it? Destroy but, their consciousness and they're gonna all end up as Bornean cockroaches. And it's gonna take a long time to get out of that life cycle. You know, because, like, there's nowhere to go from the Bornean cockroach cave. Like, how do you ascend? How do you ascend? From being a Bornean cockroach. I don't think you can. And so I really, my, my prayer and my deep wish is for all of them to go there as soon as possible. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> to the Bornean. <laughs> to the Bornean cockroach hole. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I believe, I, hey, I believe it all. I believe in past lives. I mean, okay, so here's the thing that I have all of my reoccurring dreams where I'm sort of lucid dreaming or whatever. They're all in hotels. Hmm. Now this is weird. So then I watched this I watched this STD on HBO called The Leftovers and when he actually goes to the afterlife it's in a hotel. And I'm like, "Oh shit, am I fucking on to something?" But every time I'm sort of lucid dreaming and there's important things going on with characters that I know and relate to like it could be family members I have problems with, or it could be friends or difficulties or whatever's going on. If, if it's, I know it's an important dream if it's in a hotel. Hmm. Yeah, it might be a uh, it might be a plane of reality where we can go to like work out our differences. When my friend was saying she saw my dad going through the realms, you know, um, she said it was this really big like building like this 
like with many, many, many rooms, and that, that he was in all the rooms at the same time with Ooh. all these different people that he knew, huh. and she was like observing him. It was pretty cool. I kind of want to check back in with her about like what's going on, because um, you know that's the thing about life is like we we get we have these parents, and it's their fault we're here, right? Or it's our choice because we chose it, you know? Because some people would say, well, you make a soul plan, you work it out with your angels, you get <laughs> approval. No, this is this is like there's a an angel woman. That soul I plan is the name of your new next band. Soul Plan. That's the name of your exactly. fucking band, Amy Bebo. Soul Plan, shit show. Soul Plan, it's a shit show. Um, soul Plan. Yeah. Soul Plan, shit show. That's even better. That's shit show. That's an even better name for your band. That's um, the name for your first comedy album. Soul Plan, shit show. Amy you, Bebo. Um, so, but what <gasps> you're supposed great. to supposedly do is you you make a whole plan, and you have an angel like who's like your parent angel, and they go over it all with you, and they're like, "Are you sure you're gonna slap a cop?" And and if you're me, you're like, "No, I'm gonna punch one," you know, like right. I'm for sure gonna slap sure. a cop, and they're like, "All right," and then you have to go through the whole list, and like they're like, "Are you are you sure you're gonna like marry that guy? He's remember he's kind of an asshole," and you're like, "No, I'm gonna marry him." And so the whole thing has to get approval, and supposedly then the parent angel takes it, gets approval, and then you, you know, find the the beings that are going to contract to be your parents. About children in reincarnation, the children will say, I remember when I was born, I remember when I was big, or they'll say, do you remember when you were my mommy, or when I was your mommy? They'll tell their mom, like, do you remember when I was your mommy? You know, wow. so like if we would don't listen, listen to children, are you, you going to say listen to children? Yeah. I would say listen to them between the ages of two and five and, and hear if they start talking about their past lives, because that's before the veil of this life gets totally solidified and we completely forget who we are and we just go shopping plastic garbage for the rest of our life <laughs> don't listen to your kids too much everybody because otherwise you're gonna have the woman on the bus the other day that couldn't control her 18 month old baby don't let the baby run on the bus the baby take the, and if the baby starts to scream you take the baby off the bus you gotta teach the baby that you can't do this on the bus this behavior is not okay on the bus parents don't set clear limits and structure and then they go why does it always walk all over me and it's like cause you're a terrible parent and you have no skills at all why do you have a child why that is a good question no the, parenting the, skills whatsoever we, I also believe in teaching sex ed to children when they're young and explaining re, like re, replication Reproduction, yeah, absolutely. To them when they're young, sure. so that we and, and and birth control for everyone. Birth control for everyone. Birth I think that we should give re- reversible. This is when I become a fascist. I think they should give reversible vasectomies to boys from like once they once they drop or whatever, right? So you get a reversible vasectomy. You get it at twelve or thirteen, and then after you take this and fuck all you want, bro. You're fine. You're clipped. But it's reversible. So then once they get in a committed relationship and they go, you know what? I really do want a baby. I really want to be responsible. Let's shoot your wad wherever you want. Why do we put the onus on the woman? We make a girl take a pill every day. When we could do a very, very simple fucking thing and make men responsible, we could do that. But no, we're going to make all the women do all this work and take all these drugs, take all these hormone therapies to make, what, more money off my fucking uterus? And then we'll be mad that they're crazy. And yes, and then we get upset that they gain weight or they're not pretty enough and they're crazy. And that's because I'm on hormone therapy. When we could easily just give a reversal 
reversible. Hey guys, you know what's called science? We give reversible vasectomies to boys until they were in their 20s after they get in a committed relationship and they pat they fill out the form and they say, "Hey, I want to use my genetic material." This to woman, replicate. right? This woman, she wants to do that too. Here we are together, unsnip, and now everything's fine. That goes right along with my one of my classic jokes of my dream that I wish I had laser vasectomy vision. Absolutely. <laughs> just, I wish I could just look at the fuckers and give them vasectomies. Well, and I feel like I have a whole theory about um, dick hardening drugs like Cialis or Levitra or uh, no Rogaine's for your hair. What's the other one for your dick? You know, a famous one. Viagra. I don't, I don't watch TV. Viagra. <laughs> okay, so there's these dick hardening drugs, and guess what? God made your dick not work for a reason, you old fucking rich person. Oh, oh, you're rich, but you're dick. Like, okay, so if you're rich and you're old, you can still get chicks, but now your dick can't get hard because God doesn't want you to have kids. Because, yeah, your dick still can get hard, and you can still have babies, you old entitled fuckbag. Yes, but. We shouldn't have ever made dick hardening drugs that fucking gives them the entitlement. We need to give them all snipperoos then because they can still fucking ruin someone's life with their dick juice. Um, I just want to advocate for more white eunuchs. Yeah. Absolutely. Laser vision. Amy Bebo, laser vision. Laser vasectomy vision. Laser vasectomy vision 2018. (laughs) My dream dream superpower. (laughs) My uterus will be safe. It will. From your dick cheese. <laughs> Turn water into wine. Turn off the dick, Jesus. Where were you on that one? Yeah, right? <sighs> Too many kids. You're never going to have the, you're never going to pop out any little puppies. I, I would love to replicate my own little garbage maker because mm. once I realized the purpose of life was making garbage, mm. I realized the people who have children are like loads ahead of me. They're, you know, they're getting so much more garbage made because right. their kids are making garbage for them. Absolutely. I'm making all my own garbage like a sucker. Right. People got three it. kids with all this extra garbage, oh, you know, for oh, the aliens to take the plastic. So I, I've, I still kind of want a baby. But I'm getting kind of old. Soul Plan Shit Show. Trick, it's I on there, able right? To trick a man yet into? Uh, it's in the Soul Plan Shit Show. It's got to be it's baby at summer. 43. Baby at 43 next summer. 44. Next 44. Summer. Yeah, oh baby God. at 44 next summer. Soul Plan Shit Show coming coming <laughs> to we'll you, see. <laughs> San Francisco. Well, I mean, but it's at this point, it's if you wanted to replicate, you. I kind of need to do it soon. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um. Autism's cool. No, uh, yeah, you could. Right. That's the thing. I saw this family the other day, and this girl and she, the mom was struggling. And I was like, "Oh my god, I don't want, I don't want one of the, I don't, I, I." They are so hard. It's so hard, and the so mom hard. was so nice. All children are so hard. Struggling. All children are hard, but children with special needs are also have special needs, and it can get it's a difficult. Commitment. Well, it's having children. Anyways, it's a commitment. Even when they're typically developing, they're still dick bags, little entitled dick bags. But when you when when you have a special needs one, wow, they need so much more. And it's not that they want more; they literally need more. And that's hard. That's it's, and you know, then it, once you have a child too, it's like, and I don't understand why we don't do this with people when they have children. Like, your whole life is going to change. You got to know that. And one of the reasons that I've never had children and have chosen not to is that I don't want my life to change like that. 
I want to be irresponsible. I want to go to Brazil whenever I want. I want to drink on a Tuesday. I mean, I'm not drinking today because I'm babysitting at 6.45. See, I can be responsible, but like, I don't... You like options. Right, but I couldn't... I thought I had a, like, oh my God, I can't imagine being like, I have to pick them up from school in a half hour or at their aftercare program ends at 4.30 and like, what? What? You know, paying nannies, having to have a real job to pay so that your little garbage maker can have guest jeans right I know whatever five. they need when they're five <laughs> I'm like what kind of clothes do they need put them in a sack cloth plastic bag plastic bag <laughs> can we make well that's the newest thing um, is taking old plastic bags cutting them into tiny little ribbons and then uh, knitting them together like little basket it's like the new basket material maybe the aliens will want it yeah I know you can make it look like a hat it's like <laughs> People be weird. Make them kind of big for those big round alien heads. Yeah. Oh, I'd love those. Maybe aliens. if they're if they're big enough, we could just put them over the heads of all the alien newscasters till they suffocate. Or is yeah. that a terroristic threat? I, I it is. I can't tell anymore. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't even know what evil is. I can't even. I can't distinguish it anymore. Me neither. Uh, your fish wasn't evil though. Shout out to no, Bossa Fish. Bossa Fish and Chips, man. Yeah. Bossa Seafood Express on yeah. 24th. and Really, really great uh, clam chowder as well. And, you know, these fish friends came all the way from Vietnam to feed me right now. Is that sustainable? No. Am I a hypocrite? I already said it. Well, they're connected with uh, Sun Fat, the, the fish store on... Mission and like most of their stuff is like living, it's alive. Like you pick an animal and then they beat it over the head and then they kill it for you. And they have like live oysters and everything. So their stuff's really like a lot of it's alive. I would, I don't know how you'd keep a fish alive from Vietnam all the way here. That's probably been you know frozen and whatnot, but um, it made me feel like Cal gave me some of the calories I need to stay alive. Yeah, I mean, I good. could work on just dismantling the food baby that lives, you know, already on my body, but I'm saving that for when we really get to the Trumpocalypse. Yeah. I I've said it before and I'll say it now. Like, I'm not really trying to lose weight because I might need to live off this when when they turn the, like, the malls into internment camps. Right, the FEMA you camps know? happening. Well, I think that how it's going to go down is that they're trying to stoke the race war to a point where they wanted the 26th. They wanted that, the Nazi 26th rally in San Francisco. They want a clash because then they can bring in the big guns of martial law right? and then they can just take what over. The, well, because pretty soon, like, once we've... You know, once there's no more garbage to be had from China or pre-garbage and the mall shut down or it's all on Amazon, we're going to have all these empty structures. So they don't really need to be, build FEMA camps because they can just intern us in the malls. Right. We can drive there in our cars. They'll be like, we're, ha- we're having a giveaway. People go down there. You know, they'll get in the line. You know, pretty soon and, and we'll there, just be... And there you go. You're just living, living inside. Then you're it's just like living a, in the mall. It's like, a big, <laughs> it's like a big prison. It's like a big prison of um, consumerism. Yeah. And we're going to imprison ourselves there very soon. It's very sad. Yeah, but then again, love is still the unifying frequency that is like connecting all the people through through our hearts. Um, it's just that we don't spend that much time in our hearts. Love. Spend a lot of time in our heads. Love is the answer, everyone. Yep. Uh, are those are those some final words? What are you, some of your final words here? Yeah, on, I think uh, that's, you know, my final words are karma yoga. 
you know, yoga. try to find do, your work. Do good, do your work. Do your my, work. My teacher's teachings was, uh, his name was Babaji. Was truth, simplicity, love, service to humanity, and karma yoga, you know. And Om Namah Shivaya. I work with a mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Say it over and over again. Exactly. Say it over again. Clean out your dirty mind. (laughs) I'm still working on mine. (laughs) Woohoo! Any upcoming comedy? I think, am I going to be on your show on the 6th? On October 6th? Yes, on the birthday show. That's yeah. your birthday. My birthday is the following week, but you're doing a different show, but we well, and have it's, both it's, of our birthdays. It's actually an exciting show because Johan Miranda is actually going to be doing 50 minutes on the show. It's just the three of us opening for Johan. It's um, you, Cl- uh, Clay Newman, me, and then Johan. So it's just a four-person show. We're going to let him do a lot of time because he is preparing for, he's having a CD coming out and he wants to practice and he doesn't know what other rooms will let him do 50 minutes. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, Mutiny Radio, supportive yeah, of comics. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he's a great guy. And I hope he doesn't get deported because he was, you know, from another country. And I, we were worried about that at the beginning of this year. And he's still here, so that's good. Um, but yeah, Johan Miranda is going to be on that show with uh, you and me and Clay Newman. And if Ice is listening, he's not going to be here on that show on October 6th. Oh, yeah. Doctor, <laughs> doctor. Uh, who's Ice? Uh, thank you again for these new shoes that I love and am wearing, and they're oh, amazing. And they yeah. fit so perfectly, and they've changed my life. I look like a classy person because there's no holes in my shoe. That yeah. is great. Yeah. See? Thank Service you. to humanity. Service I think humanity. we all just Appreciate need to try it. to be like kind and help each other out and then not let the the people make us angry. Like the... The people that are making us crazy, like stop supporting them. You right. know, don't give your money to the beverage industry yeah. if you can avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank right. you, Amy Bebo. Woohoo! Thank you, Pam. This has been some call me Tim. Uh, we're gonna be the, the second hour. We're gonna take up with a little bit of pervert fervor. I know you guys like that. And uh, join us next week when let's see who's the host. Ne- let's see who's the guest next week. Why not? It's right here. I can look it up. She's got her STD. Got She's fingering S- it. It's, except it doesn't connect to the internet, so it's a little oh. bit deaf. Uh, her name is Kathy. Kathy. I need to look up more information on that. But Kathy is the guest next week on Some Call Me Tim. I, I, I blind book because everybody's unique perspective on the afterlife belief religion is all, it is all fucking unique. I, I haven't heard the same thing twice. And That's- yet everyone that I've interviewed, I would say, is, is moral... Uh, just and uh, ethical person so yeah you don't think you're moral and ethical? I try you're so you just you just <laughs> told us about love and service to community I know and hypocrisy and, yeah. <laughs> she's asking I try people and, and forgiveness forgiveness Remember because the, this one thing I want to say yeah. if we could forgive each other we wouldn't have to reincarnate to cause each other more suffering. Uh, and so that's why I think it's the answer. Because it wouldn't have to be a thing where you're like, oh no, I'm gonna, you got me, I'm gonna get you this time, I'm gonna get you next time. I told my dad before he died, even though we weren't expecting it, I said, I just want us to have karmic completion in this lifetime so we never have to be reborn together to create any kind of suffering for each other. That's like, let's so be done. sweet. What a sweet thing to say to your dying father. Let's be done. That's amazing. All right, everybody. This was Amy Bebo. I've been Pam Benjamin. This is Some Call Me Tim. Enjoy the rest of your day. Do something nice for somebody, okay? Bye.